0: Lori
1: is our first guest from the Caribbean. Her conversation with us has her sharing the strategies she uses to remain perfectly imperfect. Lori is an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs who brings joy and ease into all that she does. We hope you have as much fun learning with Lori as we did. Keep rocking.
0: Hello, everybody. I'm very happy to be on another episode of She Rocks Global. How are you, Navisa? Hi, Maka. I'm all good sitting here in Cape Town, South Africa. Very happy to have another guest on the show. Exactly. We are so happy to have our first uh, guest from the Caribbean. She's Laurie-Anne Ainsworth. Welcome to She Rocks Global. How are you?
2: I'm great.
0: Thanks, Maka and Navisa. I am
2: so excited to be here on She Rocks. <laughs>
0: We are so happy because as, as Navisa was saying prior to start recording, you are not only our first guest from the Caribbean and we are very happy about it, but you are the first to be on an island. So welcome on board uh, and please, as we always ask our guests, introduce yourself and share to our audience who you are and what brought you here. Yeah,
2: thanks so much. I'm so glad to be representing for the Caribbean and for the islands um, as your first guest. So I'm so excited about that. I can put that on my resume. (laughs) But um, I am, uh, let me start by my most important um, role, because I think we all play so many roles in life, you know, I'm a mom of two, and that's one of my most important roles. And I am from Jamaica. That's the island that I am speaking to you all from. And I am an entrepreneur. At heart, I'm an entrepreneur. And I happen to be the CEO of one of Richard Branson's nonprofits, the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship Caribbean. And I love the work I do. I love working with entrepreneurs. I am a coach and a trainer. I do so many things in life. But my purpose is really to help and empower others, particularly women, to find their niche in life
0: so that they can find fulfillment. I'm so happy to listen to your purpose and to see we share so much things, uh, especially regarding empowering women. Um, I do the same, and, and She Rocks also. It's about that, showcasing perfectly imperfect women. Um, and to start the conversation, uh, I would like to, to ask you if you, as a mother, as an entrepreneur, and also this about uh, being the CEO of the Richard Branson um, non uh, Nonprofit uh, Center. Um, What advice would you give for a woman that's trying to start her own company?
2: Wow, you know, as somebody who started her own company and who experiences entrepreneurs every day who start their own businesses and see some of the pitfalls and some of the the journey that they've been through, hands down, my advice would be to find your niche and create a business around that. I find that so many people do the traditional, look for a problem, find a niche, and then try to fit yourself and your business and a team around that. And what ends up happening are, is that entrepreneurs get burnt out. They lack the motivation to stick to that business because it doesn't align with them. And it's interesting that people create businesses without thinking about, well, what are my strengths? How, what do I bring to the table? What kind of lifestyle do I want? And, you know, what kind of environment do I want to create? What kind of people do I want to bring in? And I believe it all starts with finding your niche in life and then extending that out into creating a business because it's going to make you so much happier. And I'm not just talking about a lifestyle business. It can be a brick and mortar. It can be a business that hires hundreds and hundreds of people. But when you find a business that aligns with your strengths and it has to do with your purpose or something that's significant to you, you are going to maintain that business. You are going to keep moving forward and you're going to build a business that has purpose and has meaning and it's going to be profitable. So that would be my advice to anybody want to start their own business. Start with you first
1: fabulous which I think maybe I'm I'm intrigued to see how you'll answer then this question which is given what you've just said in terms of what advice you'd give to a woman or a mother who's wanting to create a business what advice would you then give to yourself as Lori the mother given what you know about starting a business and what would apply in your life as a mother given what you've just um, explained
2: yeah and I mean that is exactly how I arrived at the answer for my first question. I had to do that for myself. I had to figure out how was Laurie and this mother going to fit her life into the dreams that she had as a single person because I was entrepreneurial before I became a mom, and I realized that Um, I had to create some kind of balance. And the balance isn't a myth. It's being intentional. And also it's giving yourself grace to know that you're going to drop some balls. It's going to be okay. Having balance doesn't mean being perfect at every single thing. It doesn't mean being perfect at it every single moment. So the advice I give myself is give yourself grace. Make sure that what you're doing is for you. My children are going to benefit from this because I'm going to be a happier mom. I'm going to be a happier woman, but I ultimately have to start with me. And that was the biggest lesson I learned. I have to start with me and it sounds selfish, but it's not because when you actually make yourself happy, when you love yourself, when you do things in service to your purpose and your strengths, you become so much better at everything else. So that's my advice to me. Focus on you. Focus on making sure that you're creating a space and environment that allows you to thrive and everything else is going to fall into place.
0: I love that. And I, and I it, it reminds me of like at planes where they ask you that in case of accident, you you, you put your mask first before to put it onto a tile or, or, or somebody that needs assistance. Uh, and in, in my personal life, I, I, I'm just learning about that. And uh, I read on the internet and when I was researching about you, that you have a 3S strategy about this self-care, but also niche uh, strategy that it's kind of a a way of living. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know why I happen to like the letter S. Both of my
2: children's name begin with S and so I've just found all these acronyms with S. But my uh, my three S method for me to live is system support and self-care. Those are my three S's. And these have been so important to me because I realized that every single thing in life requires these three things. A system, a system for how you get things done, processes and everything requires a system. Even today's Monday morning, my kids are off to school. I had to implement a system in order to get everything done the night before so that they're off, so that I'm prepared for my day because I have multiple things happening and I don't lose my mind. Because I did at one point, I did lose my mind. (laughs) I was like struggling to get it all done, trying to be perfect at everything, and realizing that when I do incremental, when I have a system that I can follow and I can plug things into, it allows me to do it, as I said, incrementally without burning out and actually getting my outcome. So systems are important. Um, I do the same thing at the Branson Center. I have systems so that I ensure that I'm meeting up with my team. My calendar has a system. So I schedule my entire week in a particular way. And I don't do anything other than think on a Friday. On a Friday is my thinking day because this is is required when you're in a leadership role, when you are in leadership role can be, whether you're running your own business or you have a business with 100 team members or five team members, it doesn't matter. We're all leaders of our lives. We're all CEOs of our lives. And we need time to think. When you're just going, 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 you don't give yourself that time. So I schedule my week where I also have themes for particular things that are happening. I know when I'm going to meet with my team. I've scheduled particular days for interviews like this. Um, So that I know that on like a Monday or Tuesday, that's when I'm going to get dialed up. I'm going to do my (laughs) interviews so I don't have my calendar out of whack. So that's an example of one of the systems for work as well. Support is an excess. You can't do anything without support. That is the truth. So many entrepreneurs are doing this bootstrapping thing, which I understand. I did it myself. Support doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have capital to spend money on, um, you know, a team necessarily, although I do believe a team is critical at any stage, but having support, whether it's a family member who can support you, whether it's mental support, whether it is, um, your partner, your spouse, whomever who can support you, whether it's in the house doing, you know, some work around the house that you don't have to do. So you can do something in your business or support in your business, because guess what? We're all really great at something. And I believe that we all have this one thing that we're great at, which is why I love to talk about zone of genius with your strengths. And when you get support from people who can work in their zone of genius to help you with your business, simple things like outsourcing, you know, using platforms like Fiverr or Upwork or whatever, you know, those are categories of support. So I make sure that I look at how am I spending 70% of my time in my zone of genius? All the other activities that are not in my zone of genius, I'm going to try to outsource or I'm going to delegate. So that's the support aspect of it. And of course, self-care, which is so important and it's probably should have been the first S. But um, getting enough sleep, the typical, getting enough sleep, eating, drinking water, that's important, but also creating boundaries. I never realized how important boundaries are until... I got so many roles in my life that I had to balance at the same time. And I had been accused of having too many boundaries, but I realized I was doing it to maintain my sanity. If we don't have boundaries, then we will allow life to happen to us instead of being proactive. I mean, I don't want to be reactive in life. And I realized that being reactive is when chaos and confusion come in, it can kind of take over. So, creating boundaries is a method of self care and sticking to your boundaries, setting expectations with people around you and letting them know how you need to work and how you're being, per- and so you know how you're being perceived as well. And you can maintain relationships while achieving your goals. So, boundaries is a really important part of self care. And just anything that you need, because we're all different. You know, I could tell everybody, go and drink water and exercise or do yoga. That that may work for me, but it may not work for someone else. So you have to know what your essentials are, what's good for you, and make sure you make that a priority so that you can function at your highest um, potential.
1: So, yeah, my three S's. I, I, love, I love alliteration. I love things in three, <laughs> and I love the letter S, too. <laughs> this is great. Um, so for me, it's really interesting because most most of us, by the time we come to a conclusion where we can package you know how we move through the world through our 3s system and that kind of thing, it means we we hit something. We either crashed into a wall, we tripped over a rock, we drowned a little bit, and as you alluded, maybe lost our minds a bit as well. So what I'm curious to find out is when do you know that you're about to hit something? or you're about to drown, or you're about to lose your mind. And so in order for your system to kick in, when what does that feel like when that happens? Because we don't always feel it um, until we're in it. So I'm just trying to find out what that looks like in your world. Because right now, it's yeah. our story's got it sorted.
2: <laughs> no, and so I, you know, I want to make that really clear for everybody. You don't have it sorted all the time. We are humans. We are living this human experience that has those those pitfalls. It has those bumps in the road. You're going to have those bad days. It doesn't mean that your system doesn't work. It doesn't mean that your three S's doesn't work. It just means it's just an awareness of, okay, I need to pull up my socks or I need to stop. And sometimes it's just being still, right? For me, this happens when I see myself procrastinating or notice that I'm putting things off. I am on that track. It's my body, my mind telling me, something's going on here, you need to slow down and, or I'm resisting something, I don't want to do something for some reason. And it's my cue to kind of stop and figure out what's going on here. Why don't you want to do this? Or what's stopping you from doing this? So I can really assess that. Sometimes I feel anxiety as well. I do suffer from a lot of anxiety and that's one of the reasons why I went on my own self-care journey initially because I wasn't coping properly and anxiety came through snapping at people. Like when I start snapping at my kids and my husband, and my friends, when I see my sister calling and I'm just like, ah, I don't want to talk to you. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling some energy in my body that I need to deal with. So I, need to, I either need to just get still go into my cave and recharge because that's how I need to recharge but those are cues for me when i know that something's something's off and when i when i when i do, particularly when i procrastinate when i don't want to face something
1: That's really interesting because I think a lot of times, and it's almost even how I worded the question, is that we wait for a crash and it's got to feel so significant. And then that's the cue, you know, it's the piano dropping on your head. And yet it actually can be these small little whispers from the, you know, from yourself, like suddenly just not getting to things and being a little bit irritable. And so... It's, it's a nice thing, a reminder for us that it doesn't always have to be the rock on your head, but it can actually be these these little whispers. And so yeah. I think it's also quite interesting when you're going back to the three S's and you mentioned this idea of support. Right now, who supports Lori? What does Lori's squad look like if there is a squad?
2: Oh yeah, I have a squad for sure. Um, and I have different squads because of the different roles I play. So with the Branson Center, obviously have a team and they are one of the best teams I could ever ask for. It's actually an all-female team, but um, really amazing women who are experts in their domain. And this team is so important to me because they make my life easier because I know that they are dealing with their work and what they need to do. So I don't have to worry that things aren't getting done. So my squad is at for the Branson Center is my team. And of course, we have extended partners and volunteers who support us and support the work that we do. And it's so important to have them and maintain relationships with them. So that's my squad at the Branson Center. Um, I also have my own business. And I have started this business with um, a family member. And I have a completely outsourced team. So I have graphic artists who are outsourced, copywriters who are outsourced. So I run a lean operation there, but without these people who I can outsource work to, I could never get this business done as well. So I have that team um, to support me with that. And then at home I have my family. So there's my husband, there's the grandparents who are so important. There's my sister, there's my niece, all of these people who I can tap into when I need to. I don't have help at home. I don't have a nanny or um someone to help me with any housekeeping. So it's really important that my husband and I have a system at home so that we can get things done. I mean, especially with COVID, you know, for the last like year and a half, we've all had to be at home cleaning, washing, making sure that the kids are taken care of, clothes are clean, house is clean. So that's my system at home and it's been working for us. Of course, things get left behind. Um, Things take a little longer to get done, but grandparents have been so important to me when, you know, we need somebody to pitch in, grab a kid so I can do a podcast interview so that they don't run in, Right.
0: So that's my squad. Amazing. I really love how you share all these. Like, it looks like you have everything under control, you know, and you are very authentic in the way you share uh, your, your, your systems and how you design your life. And I do believe everything we can design everything, the life we want to live and how to live it. Um, but I want to ask you what frightens you?
2: Yeah. Wow. So many things frighten me. And because I've been such a driven person, I've been a driven person all my life. Like I used to write lists down of all the things that I wanted to achieve in life from when I was like in high school. And I didn't know what I was doing at the time. And now I can say I was definitely manifesting, but I would write these things down. I'm like, okay, I must get this, 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 and this done. And those things would happen. So I was really good at manifesting things in my life, Um, but I also realized that the fear of not getting those things was also something that I had to overcome and recognizing that what I wanted may not be what the universe wants for me or what's for my highest good. So I have to pull back on my fear of not succeeding or fear of failure, whichever one it is, because that was a big thing for me, particularly the fear of failure, because I'm a creator, I'm a creative. And so I've tried so many things and I'm sure many entrepreneurs and many women who are starting their own businesses can um, resonate with the fact that you may start so many things and it may fail but it's okay. I know we've said it before. It's been years of us saying, fail fast, it's okay to fail, but failing sucks. Failing feels bad. And I don't like that. And it's something that I have to be okay with. I have to take the jump, take the leap, pursue this idea that I have. If it fails, it fails, but at least I did it because the the reverse of that is procrastinating and not doing it. So now I'm more fearful of not pursuing things. And I think that's a good fear instead of a bad fear. So I take I try to take action on things even when um I'm scared of it.
1: And I think so many people can relate to that. And there's almost something a little bit liberating maybe from from just being like, just try it like, and let's see what happens. I'm going to ask for your opinion on something that um You know, came up in my mind based on some conversations I've had around being driven, especially as women, and I think as women from the global south, which is that sometimes we find what our drive sometimes comes from a place of trauma. And so we become driven because we've experienced poverty or we've witnessed poverty. We become driven because we've experienced or witnessed some sort of suffering. And so we just drive, drive, drive because of trauma. And so I'm wondering what your take is on that kind of thought and if you have any form of experience around that or not.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent question because... That's actually a part of niching that I speak about a lot. Um, it's the significance part. So again, I have more s's when it's coming to find your niche, but the significance part I believe is your purpose, and I believe our purpose is comes out of our pain, and it's not necessarily the passion. You know, we talk a lot about follow your passion, and that, that may be true for some people, but I think when we look at the pain, when we look at the wound, the thing that we've experienced that hurts then that becomes a thing that matters to us. That's the thing that you're going to want to see a change in the world with because you can relate to it. When we can't relate to something, then it's going to be hard for us to actually drive towards it. I believe that all of us, if we really dig back into our childhood or into our lives, we're going to find that what matters to us had to do with some wound we experienced. And that certainly has been the case for me. Um, Out of my own trauma, out of things that I've experienced, I've seen in my life, it's driven me to be where I am now. So I think that we should embrace that and not fear it. I think that when we do find that trauma and that wound, that pain, if you can figure out how can I take my strength, that zone of genius that I have, and solve a problem for people around that wound. Maybe somebody who has experienced that, Maybe it can be a small part of it, but you have experienced this, I believe, um, for a reason. And it's for you to use that in service of others, utilizing your strengths.
0: Okay, that, that was great. Thank you very much. I have another question that I, I, you talked about a lot about failure and uh, how you deal with failure. Um, but I would like to know, what is your definition of success?
2: Yeah, yeah. Success. We're all going after success. Um, I think success is fulfillment. And for me, fulfillment is a feeling. I used to be very goal oriented and now I'm more feelings oriented. Like what do I want to feel every day? What do I want to experience? And when I feel the feelings that I want to feel, which is freedom, um, creativity, ease, intentionality I know that I'm succeeding because I'm feeling great when I feel great my energy is different and it inevitably leads to the other successes financial freedom you know um everything else that I think we all ascribe success to being a success in your career being having financial success having the you know material things I believe that that will come but fulfillment for me is uh, feeling the way I want to feel. And that extends into doing work that I love because when I do work, I love again, I'm using my strengths. I'm able to master my strengths in service to others, doing work. I love around something that matters to me. And when you have that, you have fulfillment. So I think that, you know, just I keep coming back to this whole finding your niche kind of thing, because I believe that's so important, but Again, just to reiterate, I go with feelings versus goals because I find that that is a better starting point for me.
0: Uh, Thanks for that. I had a professor at university that he would say, unleash the human magic and the rest will follow. Uh, And I think it's kind of what you are saying. Um, But it's not that easy to have this conversation with yourself. Like I practice a lot of, I have a lot of methodologies to, to to be aware of these feelings of how I feel or what I want, like in uh, in order to understand myself uh, and, and to be outside of the other challenges in the world or things that are going on at the same time. What do you do to be aware of your feelings or to connect with yourself or yeah. how you do it? Yeah, and
2: I, that's and I, that's like one of the first steps that I took. It was self awareness. So in order to have self awareness, I did a few things and it's practical things like. Um, personality assessments. That was one of the first things. I never used to like those things. I used to be like, okay, this is for, you do it to get a job, right? Um, But I didn't understand the magic in it until I started doing a number of them over the years. And then I started to observe myself and I started to realize that, wow, okay, some of what this is saying makes sense now. It's not hitting the nail on the head, but it's there for me to kind of take discern and kind of go, okay, what can I, what can I understand about myself from this? Having that first step, that first bit of self-awareness also gives you a little bit of permission to say, okay, now I understand why I'm like that. And once I was able to kind of get that self-awareness, and I want to also say it's a process. So it's not just, oh, do a personality test and then you know who you are. No, no, But those are some of the tools that you can use to help you while you observe yourself and really start to get real with yourself and say, okay, what, what environment do I need to thrive in an environment? Meaning what kind of people do you need to be around? Like, are you somebody who's a little bit more introverted or extroverted? Like for me, I didn't realize that I'm a little bit more introverted when I'm doing my creative work. And so I need to have the space to be able to do that alone and then come out and share with others. And I used to think I was a contradiction. I didn't know that, okay, this is how I work. And so being able to have that kind of self-awareness was important to me. But I also love this book by Daniel Laporte um, called um, Desire Map. And she carried you through this exercise, of these core desired feelings. And I did that. Um, I read the book, I did the exercises and I thought it was really insightful and so helped me to get to the place of understanding what are the feelings that I actually want to feel. Ease, easy kept coming up for me and I kept thinking, am I lazy? Why do I like everything to be easy? You know, But I realized that I liked an environment that felt easy. And for me, it came um, by figuring out what kind of music do you like? What's like your perfect day kind of like? And I was like, oh, it's like a Sunday. It's like listening to Maroon 5's, you know, Sunday morning. It's with a nice cup of coffee. And I was just like, okay, that's the kind of feeling that I love. So therefore, when I'm choosing projects or I'm choosing work, being in an environment that's a little bit too hectic is actually not the right environment for me. I like that in short spurts, but then I prefer to have a more easy flow. So now I can have a better understanding of who I am and it extends and we can't, we could talk about this for hours to really (laughs) get into it. But those are some of the things that I did to get to that place of self-awareness so I could understand what it is that I wanted to feel.
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, What it's clear to me that it's not that easy and then it takes practice, like, there are several ways to get there, but you need to work on it. Like yeah. it, it's not for free and it's not like a recipe or something you can purchase online. Like it's about taking time, may, like practicing it daily and trying to find that inner self we have there with all the, I believe all the answers are there always.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's such an important point. It's not that you can't go online and take a test and okay, okay beautiful. I have self-awareness. It's, you know, it's a process and it's committing to the process and uh, taking the time to really figure out and testing things. And that's why life is so amazing. That's why it's so important for us to allow children and people to express themselves and try new things and fail, because then you go, okay, no, I I don't like that. Oh, but I tried this and I like that. Okay, great. And that's how we evolve as people. And when you reach a place like I'm nearly 40 and I'm like just figuring out who I am (laughs) right so it takes it will take somebody else everybody different times but you know
1: I think you're doing marvelously so whether you're nearly 40 or over 40 or wherever you are on the age spectrum you are where you're meant to be and so Mm -hmm. last question as we wrap up what makes you rock? oh wow what makes me
2: rock? Hmm. That's the toughest question that you've asked me today. (laughs) What makes me rock is, um, I think my love for life. Um, I am very unapologetic about who I am and I try to see the light in everybody. It doesn't mean everybody's my cup of tea, but at the end of the day, I know that everybody has light in them and, I support people shining their light. So, yeah, I'm unapologetically me, and I want everybody to shine their light, friend or foe.
1: And so, thank you for shining the light here with us, um, Lorianne, all the way from the Caribbean. And you definitely rock. And thank you so
0: much for your time. And, Maka, thank you for your time too. Thank you. I'm really thrilled with this. This is morning here in Uruguay and you really made my day with this conversation. Uh, I really appreciate how you share the way you approach your own life because I I believe we learn by examples uh, and we need more role models, female role models like you, that they design their life and they live uh, accordingly. Thank you very much for your time. I'm so happy that you are part of our next She Rocks season.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Nabisa and Maka. I so appreciate you guys. This was so worth waking up early and getting everything <laughs> ready so I could have this conversation. It was just, I just love sharing my message and thank you for providing a platform for women to do that. I am really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I love talking to you both this morning.
0: It's a Thank you very much. She Rocks Global is a
1: podcast collaboration produced by Makarena Bota, Nwabi Samayema and Zoya Kukic. This season of She Rocks Global was recorded in the American Corner Cape Town, which is also where you will find our sound engineer, Tikrai Gekana. Theme music for this podcast is composed and arranged through a collaboration between South African musician Nosihe and Hannah Sigasa from Germany. Mixing engineer is T Luminous. She Rocks Global is a podcast that showcases the stories of perfectly imperfect women from around the world. Should you be or know someone whom you think we should be talking to, please contact us through our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter channels. Handle She Rocks Global. Hashtag She Rocks. Until next time, keep rocking.